If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Saying that he was really the only one that understood this. He said nobody ever taught him anything but Jesus and everything that he taught. And he said he taught the whole counsel of God. That does not mean he taught them the book of Leviticus. That's not the whole counsel of God. What he's saying was what he taught was everything that needed to be taught. Yeah. You understand this? And we have it written down, praise God, in, in his letters. And he taught us, one of the things he taught us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 is that all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes and amen. So well, let's go over there to the Gospels and find out about all the promises Jesus made. Can I have a good amen? Yes. Amen. 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 So uh, we, we, read the, we read the book of Leviticus because there's promises in there. So all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. So let's read the book of Leviticus to find the promises, not to find some legal hammer to beat people up with. We, we, we read it, we study it so we can find the promises. Yeah. Amen. You never know what kind of, there are about 30,000 of them in there. You might find one you didn't know about. Hallelujah. It might, it might say something like, you never have to get another manicure. You'll never have another hangnail. I mean, you, you never know what you're going to find in there. Just keep, just, keep, just keep looking for it. Praise God. It's going to be wonderful for you. Amen. Well, as is the tradition of this church and this pastor, I'm going to tell you one really bad joke. I mean, I just can't let that get by, you know. Did y'all hear about the, 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 the paranoid dyslexic? He, had, he just kept having the creepy feeling that he was following somebody. Anyway, so I told you it was bad. Anyway, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. What did he mean, Mildred? Yeah, you'll, just, you'll get it later. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. The King James says vocation. Your Bible may say calling or it, or it may say invitation. Who, who has either of those words in, in your translation? Be, walk worthy of the vocation or the calling or the, invo- or the uh, invitation. And in fact, it is like an invitation to a feast. Now, see, when you say vocation, you tend to think about a job you got to get up on Monday morning and go to. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about a calling to a feast. Can I have a good amen? I mean, it's a calling to a feast. Praise God. So he said, walk worthy of that. What that means is you're headed to a feast. Don't gorge yourself with all kinds of other stuff. Amen. I mean, you can't walk, watch four hours of Fox News and come get 30 minutes of preaching and think that you've got a good diet going on there. I thought that was pretty good preaching. But anyway, it, you, you're headed to a feast. Don't gorge yourself on stuff that's not going to help you. Amen. All right. That's all he's saying. Amen. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called or the, or the invitation to a feast wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing, one another in love, forbearing one another in love. That is putting up with each other. I don't know if you've noticed it, but if you, if probably if you've been in church like say 27 minutes, you figured out that you got to put up with people. You don't have to even, you don't have to be in two full church services till you figure out there's people you're going to have to put up with. And it didn't say correct. It didn't go, it didn't say go around fixing them. It just said bear with them. How many of you are thankful that in some of your stupidity, people bore with you? Amen. They put up with you. Amen. Amen. We're kind of all in this together. We're, it seems like when one of us is acting stupid, the other one's really high. Amen. Thank God for the church. You know, where, have you all found this out in your marriages yet? I have. I found this up that I'm always up, and Miss, Lan- Miss Ann, I'm having to pull her up all the time. But 
Yeah, y'all know that's not true. We, but it, it, isn't it great that when you have, when you have others that you can lean on to, for support, you also have those same people that you sometimes have to forbear with. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Charlie. I appreciate you being on my side. <laughs> Endeavoring to keep. And that word endeavoring is exactly what it means, working at, striving at, being diligent in, the, in the keeping of the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, I love this. Let me talk to you about what the bond of peace is. The bond of peace is this. It's a wrap. It's a bandage. It's a rope, if you will, binding you to peace. And peace is the Greek word. This word here is irene. It's one of my favorite words in the New Testament. It's spelled E-I-R-E-N-E. Irene. We get our English female name, Irene, from this word. If your name is Irene, your name means peaceful one. Irene, Irene. And the definition of this Greek word is an end to the rage and havoc of war, a state of national tranquility. And he said our endeavor is to keep that, that, the bond of that thought and that idea and that truth wrapped around us. With other believers. Meaning, if God has so made peace with you, it is your responsibility to strap yourself with that kind of peace so you can keep that peace with others. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. If God got over his thing against you, you can sure get over your thing against somebody else. Can I have a good amen? Now, see, the only way you can stay in that is by understanding what Jesus has done for you. How many of you know why people die. What is the real number one essence of why men die? I just want you to know, I want you to remember, God did not create Adam with the ability to die. God created Adam to live forever, made him in his own image. There was no plan for where the cemetery would be when God created the world. There was no plan for Adam to die. It's a total, totally foreign idea. How did he die? Come on, just one word. Just shout it. One little three-letter word. Sin. Because Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is... So death is the paycheck on sinning. Okay? There's no other way for death to get to a man because we were created to live forever. But the way death got to us was because Adam sinned, and that's the only seed he could sow. So when babies are born, they're born sinners and must be reborn. Are you getting this? Then how did Jesus die? How did Jesus die? Oh. I believe that Pilate could have cut him up into tiny little cubes and it wouldn't have killed him. Because nobody killed him. 
He couldn't die because he had never committed any sins. So what God did so that Jesus could die for us was put all of our sin over onto him. He was life personified. He was better than the first Adam. No way to kill him. Nobody killed Jesus. Uh, Who killed Jesus? The Romans or the Jews? Who do you think? Well, I think you're stupid. That's what I was thinking. That might just be me, but that's what I was thinking. Sin killed Jesus. That's the only way he could die. Are you hearing me? They could have nailed him to that cross. He'd still be hanging there alive if the sin had not been transferred over onto him. Can I have a better amen? Do you understand this? The reason that's so powerful is because when God did that, he was making an internal statement. If I would do this, if I would do this to my own son for you, I'll forever be on your side. I'll forever be on your side. If I'll pay a price like that, don't you ever get it in your mind. Don't you ever untie the bond of peace between you and me. Glory to God. Can I have a good amen? We endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The only way you'll ever be at peace with anybody else in this world, the only way you'll ever have peace in your home, the only way you'll ever have peace on your job, with your friends, or in your church, is if you keep that bond between you and God wrapped around you. Glory to God. You endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Hallelujah. I've been so set free from everything that was set against me, and my account's so clear, I can't keep an account on anybody else. Y'all don't mind if I preach just a little, do you? That's, oh, that's powerful. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 4. There is one body. Everybody say one body. Well, what church do you go to, brother? I always say, are there two? I didn't know there were two. There's one body and one Spirit even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, this is not talking about, this is not talking about the baptism in the water or the baptism in the Holy Ghost. This is talking about one baptism performed at the moment you're born again as you are immersed into that body. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, immersion. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in y'all. Praise God. <laughs> Did y'all say y'all? Anyway. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Hmm. Hmm. Now, now, if God is above all and he's through all, and he's in all of y'all. You got to get a hold of this. If he's above all and he's in y'all. I'm going to try this side over here. If he's above all and he's in y'all, then we're above all. Yeah. If he's above all and he's in you, That places you someplace else. Hallelujah. Pastor Eric's been teaching it, been preaching it for weeks. If God is able, 
And if he's above all and he's in us, where are we? We're certainly not, oh, Lord, I heard a guy just about a month ago praying. I was in a service someplace. Oh, Lord, we come humbly, he said. I said, now, what kind of thing is that? You think the Lord don't know whether or not you're humble? So you, he, he <laughs> said. Now, Lord, just in case you can't see it, we are humble today. I can almost hear the Lord saying, well, I'll be the judge of that. You only pray that kind of prayer for one reason, try to get everybody around you to humble themselves. And that stopped being prayer right there. When you're talking to people, you're not praying. There's no need in fo- trying to fool around with God. Say, well, I'm humble today, Lord. No, he, no, 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 no. I come in faith. No, 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 no. You, I, are you hearing me? You come, when you come to God, you come and say, I'm here to talk about this trouble. And you made a promise, glory to God. You made a promise, hallelujah. And I'm holding you to your promise because you said I could. You're my covenant partner. I'm tithing. I'm giving. I'm in this deal full bore. And I love you. And I worship you with my life. I worship you with my voice. Now, Lord, I need you to come through on this thing. in I believe that the, pa- the price for it was already paid, glory to God. When Jesus died on that cross, he said, I'm peace to all of my situations. Now here I stand believing to receive in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout amen. Amen. I mean, I mean, if you're in trouble, you want somebody praying, well, Lord, we come humbly. You want somebody praying like I just prayed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You want somebody praying like they know God. That might be a good prerequisite. Before you pray, make sure you know him. Unless you're praying to know him. (laughs) <laughs> holla. Who said holla? I love that. Holla. I didn't know that was a byword until I heard my students doing that. I'd get on a tear like that, and they'd all go, holla. Yeah? Jones. Smith. I don't know what it was, but somebody said, no, that's a thing they do. Said, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then this guy, this guy with tattoos from his nose to his toes, white boy that raps are used to, he's got a show on HGTV. Who is his name? Vanilla Ice. Now, y'all don't know this, but my wife loves Vanilla Ice. She records him, and we watch him remodel houses and stuff. And every time he does something really cool, Vanilla Ice says, holla. I said, yeah, that's why you like him. <laughs> okay, moving right along. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> she said, thank you. <laughs> but until every one of us is given grace, according to how good you have been. No. Okay, I mean, if I'm good, I don't need grace. According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, this word gift is not the word charisma. This is the Greek word dorea. Not a group of gifts, but a singular gift. The gift of Christ himself. It's not talking about a package of gifts that Christ sent. 
but we are given the gift of Christ. Christ is a gift to you. I said Christ is a gift to you. Amen. 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 I love that. Yeah. Gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So the, the leading of the captivity captive is those who had died in faith in the old covenant. When he went into hell, when he died, he went into hell before he went to heaven. He went into hell and led those who stood there when he arrived. They had their promissory notes written in the blood of bulls and goats. And when he arrived, I know they must have said, we knew you would come. We knew you would come. Abraham was there. Isaac was there. David was there. Isaiah was there. Man, I've been preaching about you a bunch. Isaiah is the messianic prophet. I knew you would come. Came to redeem their promissory notes written in the blood of bulls and goats. Somebody ought to write a song, Candace. <laughs> he led captivity captive, and when he did, he gave gifts unto men. Now, this is, this is something that, that, that always happened in the Middle East and the Far East. When a king went to war and he had his captives with him, he came back home parading his prisoners and those that he had, had rescued, he paraded them with him. And the Bible, or, the, or tradition teaches us, like the Bible says here, tradition teaches us that that king then would send out gifts. He would slaughter animals and give gifts, call all of his subjects in, and they would celebrate. And he would give of the gifts of the spoils of war to his subjects. This says, Jesus gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he <clears throat> also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Huh. He descended first. And it was so he could provide something for us. Look what he gave. In verse 11, and he gave some apostles. Everybody hold up, everybody count. I want you to hold up your hand and count with me, okay, on your fingers. He gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. How many is that? This giving that Jesus gave, this Dorea is also a gift of grace. It's not charisma gifts, but it is a gift of grace just the same, which is what the number five symbolizes. And Jesus gave himself in the five-fold ministry of apostles, prophets, advance. This is his gift to the church. It's a shame to me. Certainly not here, but in many places, in many churches, pastors are treated like hirelings. Apostles, they hardly ever let them in the building. <clears throat> Prophets are disdained and said they don't exist anymore. Evangelists are left to fend for themselves. And Bible teachers are shuffled off to some little side room. That's the way many denominations and churches you, uh, 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 treat their preachers. When the Bible says that they are the very gifts of Christ Amen. to his people. Yes. Yes. Come on. This is power. I'm not, I'm not making this up for my benefit. I'm just reading you the Bible. Yes. 
You don't have to turn there, but 1 Samuel chapter 17 tells an interesting story. And I'm going to get the guys to put it up on the big screen. About verse 40, if you will, fellas. And he gave some apostles and prophets. And then 1 Samuel 17, here's David on the battlefield with Goliath. I want you to notice what he does. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. <laughs> How many smooth stones? Seven, six, no, five. David, the warrior David, goes down into the brook. Jesus descended first. And when he came up, he came up with five gifts for the church. This is really good. David went down into the brook, chose five smooth stones, and put them in a shepherd's bag. And when he had, even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Listen to this. It says here that Jesus gave these fivefold ministries, in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What were the three reasons? For the work of the ministry, for the edifying, or, or for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You know what happened after David took just one of those stones and brought down that giant? It says that the people of God rose up. That's edifying. The people of God rose up and chased the Philistines. That's the work of the ministry. Can I have a good amen? Are you amen. getting this? Amen. Is this a powerful parallel or what? Yeah. Right here in the Bible. Amen. Down into the brook, Jesus descended. Five smooth stones. Jesus has the fivefold ministry. And he sent that stone out there in the lead. The stone went first. And then the people of God rose up for the work of the ministry. Yeah. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. I want you to look down toward the end of this chapter. Down about verse 48 if you would. First Samuel 17, 48. <clears throat> I think that's about where it is. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. And David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. 49 says, And David put his hand in the bag, took thence a stone and slung it. And smote the Philistine in his forehead head that he, the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. Good night. And David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. I love that. Smote him and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Uh, indicating that this was the power of the Spirit that really did this. You can't kill a big giant Philistine with all this armor on and a sword and everything with a rock unless somehow that thing is guided by the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 This uh, again tells us that the fivefold ministry is really, we, if we believe that the fivefold ministry is the gifting of Jesus, then we trust that they are led by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Verse 51, then David ran and stood on the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistine, you know, I just hope he didn't kill him the first hack. I just hope he just had to chop him to death. Anyway, anyway, it's all past, so hoping don't help, does it? And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Verse 52, 
And the men of Israel and of Judah rose and shouted and pursued them. See, they all became one. They were all unified all of a sudden, just like this Ephesians chapter 4 says. Until thou come to the valley and the gates of Ekron and the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of Sharim, uh, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. We're going to read on just another minute or two. And the children of Israel returned from chasing into the Philistines and they spoiled their tents, verse 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem and put it in his armor in his tent, verse 55. And when Saul, 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 David, go forth against the Philistine, he said to Abner, his captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, I, I have no idea. Whose son is this youth? Listen. Till we all come into the unity of the faith, verse 14, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. This is the day David became a man. Can I have a good amen? Under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. All right, that's good enough with that. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. Now, you'll understand that what happened here was Israel in 1 Samuel 17. Israel was hiding basically behind the bushes and rocks across the brook from the Philistine because they were afraid of him. They were afraid of him. Fighting men all, but they were afraid of him. Saul was one bad dude. But what caused them to, to be in such a lousy, fearful situation was, remember, when David arrived there, it says earlier in that story, that he got there on day 40. Yeah. Day 40 of the Philistine coming out and saying, send me a man. Now, he's not wanting to fight anybody but Saul. He wants that guy that stood head and shoulders above all Israel. That's, who he, that's the man he wants. He heard the song. They were singing a song all over, all over that part of the world. Hey, they were selling CDs and everything. It went like this. Saul has slain his thousands. Saul has slain his thousands. Well, after this, there was, a, there was a, another CD that came out. And it had a YouTube video and everything. The reason the whole world, the way the whole world found out about it is one of the twits twitted it. Anyway, and they, they sent it out. They sent it out all over, the, all over. And the song, because the women started singing it in the streets. Saul has slain his thousands. David his tens of thousands. David became the man. From boy until we come to the full stature of the knowledge of the Son of God. This is what we're, where we're going. But the reason why they would not fight early on was because they'd been listening to this blowhard. Huh? They'd been listening to him for 40 days. I don't care how tough you are. If you listen to the voice that's against you for 40 days before you take action, there's a real good chance there's going to be a whole bunch of fear put into your life. And that blowhard might just be able to beat you. But when David shows up, he's heard it the first day. He's mad as a hornet. Who does this big mouth think he is? Uncircum uncircumcised Philistine. He did not call him unequipped Philistine. He didn't call him, you know, 
hairy-legged Philistine. He, did, he didn't call him Philistine with bad breath. He called him uncircumcised Philistine. As though that made a lot of difference. Oh, apparently for faith people, that makes all the difference. Because what he was really saying, who does this guy, by the way, who do y'all think he is? He doesn't have a chance because he doesn't have a covenant. We have a covenant. Glory to God. We have a covenant. And when you have a covenant, the devil doesn't stand a chance. Amen. This uncircumcised Philistine. I can just see him. Who is this uncircumcised? Hey, come here. Come here. Come here, circumcised fella. Come over here. Any one of you could beat him. But the wimpiest little punk out there is the one that had to go do it. Because he was the only one that believed in his covenant. He's the one that believed in the covenant. Glory to God. And, you know, the promises too. Because he had heard about the king's daughter, no taxes, and lots of money. He got a hold of the promises, and that made him want to fight. Now, listen, if you get the promises in your heart, you're going to want to start fighting for what rightfully belongs to you. Glory to God. Amen. Cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. That's all Goliath did that whole time. Verse 15, but you, speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. You see, that's what David did that day. He did not rebuke them for being cowards. He didn't even talk to them about them being circumcised like I just did. He might have been thinking it. I kind of think he was. But he spoke to them in love by speaking to the enemy in hatred. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? From whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. Increase of the body unto its own edifying. Increase of the body unto its own edifying. How many of you know that there's a difference in edifying and increasing? And those really are the two primary responsibilities of the church. You want your sheep fat and making babies. You want your sheep plenty fat and healthy and making babies. To the edifying of itself, that is the growth of itself, that the church just grows in every way till we're all fat and happy on the Word. That's what the Bible teaches. It's all right for you to be fat and happy in the Lord. It's all right for you to come to church not having any troubles. The pastor's not going to lose his job if you don't have problems. Oh, I'm going to give the pastor some job security. I'm going to take all my troubles up there and dump them. No, 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 that's just not true. 
The edifying, the increase of the body. Oh, but the increase is something else. The increase is adding to our numbers. And I believe that when we have the, the appropriate, when a church has the appropriate demonstration of the fivefold ministry, and that's what we strive to have here. We work at this. The fivefold ministry flourishing in the church, that it creates increase and edification. That is, we all get really strong in ourselves. And it causes us to grow numerically. Increase and edifying. I'm almost done. Can you handle a little bit more? Yeah. Amen. Verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. In case you haven't figured it out, the world is desperately blind. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Could we get that put up there on the big screen? 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Uh, let's, 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 yeah, that'll be all right. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. It says, having the understanding darkened. It's talking again about the Gentiles. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. And 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says something very similar to that. I want you to see it. How this blindness got there. Is it going to come? If you take your shoe off and hit it, I think it'll. Pour some water on it. <laughs> That'll fix it. <laughs> Second Corinthians four four. Read it, Miss Ann. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should, should shine unto them. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of those which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. There's a devil out there. You all didn't need me to tell you that tonight. You knew it. But he creates this blindness in their hearts. Creates this blindness against the gospel. But just in case you don't know this, there are a lot of people that want to hear. A lot of people who don't want to be blind. And what it will take is you just being consistent and talking to them about the Lord. Tell them about what Jesus did for you. Every time you get healed, run, tell them. Every time you get an answered prayer, tell them what happened. Amen. Amen. Quote your pastor. Don't tell his bad jokes, but you can tell all that other good stuff. You <laughs> Verse 19, who being past feeling have, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and greediness with greediness. But, uh, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. How did they hear him and be taught by him? Was Jesus showing up and teaching all of them? And was he, was he talking to all of them and having private sessions with them, teaching them? And how were they hearing Jesus and being taught by him? Yeah, by the Holy Spirit through another means though. Huh? Through those five smooth stones that have been in the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
been in that flow. That's what we've been talking about here. That's why he gave the fivefold ministry. That's how you're taught by Jesus. That's how you hear his word, praise God, through the ministry of Jesus in, in your midst. This is really good. Well, I'm going to stop right there. I hope you got something out of that tonight. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of the revelation of the word and how it makes a difference. And listen, if you've got a need tonight, I just want you to reach out right here, right here by faith. We just use our faith to believe the promise of God. Father, I believe you that blindness is gone in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That, I, that we increase in every way, that this church is, is growing fat and happy, praise God, that, we are, that we're learning and our, our strength is in us because of the Word of God. Amen. And when we hear the Word of truth, it helps us to grow up into a perfect man and to, to be equipped for the work of the ministry. And no giants that come against the body of Christ will prevail because of the ministry of Jesus at work here in the earth. Praise God. We thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for these, your people. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. And I believe, God, that your people tonight are better equipped because they came to church tonight. I believe that this seed falls into good soil, hallelujah, and that it will bring forth good fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.